0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Foots, Bants and Everything in Between podcast with me, Marcus Darwin. It's a bittersweet episode today, as it's the last of the season. The Premier League is finished, and today's episode, I'll be reviewing the table and comparing it to my pre-season predictions. I'll give my opinions on the best team, worst team, and the players that have impressed me the most, along with my team of the season. So, for the last time this season, get a drink and get comfortable, because it's time for some more Foots, Bants and everything in between <laughs> Guys, this is it. This is the last episode. It, 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 of the of the season. Don't worry, it's not the last <laughs> last forever, but it, it is a sad moment. But, you know, we'll have a nice summer, Europe, yeah, the Euros are starting soon, we've got the Europa League final on Wednesday, and we've got the Champions League final on Saturday, Full summer of the Euros, Full summer of the like uh, Euros equivalent, but in South Africa I think it's called like Colombo or something, I'm not too sure on that, or Copa, South America, I'm not sure. All I know is that BBC is showing that those games in the morning and the Euros in the afternoon, so there's going to be a jam-packed season of football, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch with the transfer window open. So make sure you follow in Fabrizio Romano, as he will be the guy during the transfer window. Trust me when I say this, he knows the ins and outs of anything that's going on. But let's dive straight into it, and for the last time of the season, let's go through the results of Match Day Thirty-Eight. Now, this was really interesting um, for the sole reason of that the fight for the two remaining top four positions. Obviously, uh, City uh, declared champions a few weeks ago, and Manchester United. Uh, they they were confirmed second place uh, the match day before when Leicester lost to Chelsea. So, going into this match day, Leicester, Chelsea and Liverpool could have finished in any order. We were going into the match day and it was actually Leicester just outside the top four in fifth. And then uh, Liverpool, then Chelsea. So... You know, uh, there wasn't this sort of advantage or disadvantage in the fact that you'd either be playing different day or earlier or later than the other teams so that they could see what performance they would have to put in. Because obviously let's say Leicester lost and the top four was confirmed, then Chelsea and Liverpool wouldn't have had to put out a stronger team. And they could have played, you know, their under eighteens, for example, or, or whatnot. But Because it's the last match day, all the teams had to kick off at 4 o'clock British time, 5 o'clock Spanish time, all at the same times. And all I can say is what a match day it was. And I know if Noah was here, he'd be agreeing with me. We'll just dive straight into the first game, and it it was Leicester-Tottenham. A really, really important game for Leicester. The hardest out of the uh, Chelsea, Liverpool's and the Leicester's. The hardest fixture. And what fixture it was. Unfortunately for Leicester though. It was Leicester 2. Tottenham 4. Gareth Bale double to win Tottenham the game. Never. never l- 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 what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that... Basically, I don't know what word I'm trying to say. I'm just bloody trying to say that Harry Kane got a goal that got him the golden boot over Salah. Uh, Vardy actually opened the scoring with a penalty in the 18th minute. Then Harry Kane equalised and then Vardy scored another one in the 52nd minute. It was another penalty and that was 2-1. Then Schmeichel had a disaster and scored an own goal in the 76th minute. And then Bale in the 87th and the 96th minute won the game for Tottenham. Unfortunately for you Leicester fans, if you're listening, Europa League for you guys. Don't worry, Man United played it in this season and uh, it's a piece of cake. Hopefully I'm not jinxing that and we still win the final. (laughs) But yep, that was unfortunate for Leicester fans. It was good for Tottenham fans and for basically anyone who hates Arsenal, which is basically anyone I, I think even arsenal supporters at this time at this point actually hate arsenal themselves and that means that it secured tottenham a place in the new uefa competition the uefa conference league where they'll be playing in sunday league stadiums that are literally right next to airports or a train track going across them uh against like you know welsh division two teams but hey ho tottenham at least you got europe and Unfortunately for you, Arsenal. I don't know. Actually, would would Arsenal supporters either prefer not to play in Europe, which they're not, or play in that Conference League? Uh, it, 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 it baffles me. But if re- if realistically, if Tottenham don't win the the Conference League, then there is seriously, seriously something wrong, and that club is just allergic to winning trophies. Uh, if they, it, yeah, if they don't manage to win that Conference League, then Jesus Christ, the European Super League would have been an absolute shambles for them. Uh, We'll move on to Wolves, Manchester United. Manchester United playing their substitute reserve team, uh, just a mixed match of basically players that haven't had a lot of time on the pitch or players that have no time on the pitch against Wolves starting 11 to send Nuno Esperanto Santos uh, his last goodbye Uh, Fans in the Molyneux, it was great, great, great ambience within the stadium. Uh, Lots of love towards Nuno. Uh, But, you know, what can I say other than Manchester United under-18s 2, Wolves starting 11-1. My computer science teacher is actually a Wolves fan. And when I went into his classroom uh, when he wasn't there, I wrote on his board, Man United United under-18s 2. Uh, wolves starting eleven. Uh, one. Uh, I walk out of his classroom. I come back in it later, and I just see on the board it says, uh, var two, wolves one. So that tells you everything you need to know about a wolves fan. Uh, they just won't watch the game. Pretty much, they're just delusional. And you know, uh, what what can you expect from someone from from Birmingham? <laughs> This is my Brummy accent. I watch Wolves, I watch Wolves. Uh, VAR, VAR's a shambles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was my Brummy accent. <laughs> uh, that is my computer science teacher, though. But yeah, it was a great uh, result for Manchester United. Not so good for Wolves, but the game didn't really mean anything anyway. But what a game it was! Uh, Manchester United obviously resting their players in preparation for the Europa League final on Wednesday against Villarreal. I was about to say Valladolid then. Uh, Villarreal. Moving on, West Ham 3, Southampton 0. It secured that West Ham had Europa League football, which is a a great achievement, but it's a great shame. Because I thought that West Ham, honestly, I thought that West Ham could have got Champions League football. But they just let it slip. Excuse me. They just let it slip at the wrong time. It was a Pablo Fonal's double in the 30th and the 33rd minute with a Declan Royale, uh, Declan, Royale Declan Rice 86th uh, minute goal to finish it off. Uh, Southampton dominated possession. They dominated the ball. But, you know, uh, West Ham were just too powerful for them. And it was the last game for Lingard in that clarinet claret and blue um, unless of course um, unless of course you never know maybe Manchester United decide to sell him but yep yeah, it was also uh, the captain Mark Noble's last game it was in front of the West Ham fans I was about to say the bowling uh, bowl, was it called the bowling rat Upton Park, Upton Park or bowling I think it was called um The bowling. I think Upton's Burnley, right? Surely. Excuse my keyboard. Oh no! It was Upton Park. It was. It was a bowling ground, Upton Park, and yep. So yeah, I was about to say Upton Park, but it's not. It's the uh, London Stadium. Yeah, nice result for West Ham. They get European football. Nice result for them. Uh, Sheffield United 1, Burnley 0. Sheffield United get uh, another win of the season. Uh, that They've just been uh, poor. It was David McGoldrick with the goal. Uh, Newcastle 2, Fulham 0. Yeah, another just d- dead game. Didn't really mean anything. Fulham were going down. Joe Willock with another goal for Newcastle. I think he should stay there and not go back to Arsenal because Newcastle are better than Arsenal. Uh, Leeds 3, West Brom 1. What an interesting tie that was, but everyone could have predicted where it was going. Arsenal 2, Brighton No, Arsenal actually got a win. It was Nicolas Pepe at the double. Maybe he's starting to show his worth and get used to the Premier League. Uh, a funny moment after the game was that Gabriel, the, uh, I think his name has got Gabriel Morales. He's Morales, some Brazilian name, but... Um, Yep, he lost his tooth during celebrations. Now, at first, I was thinking, celebrate. Beating Brighton 2 0 and not getting European. Euro- 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 European. European football. Celebrating. Come on. Like a Roy Key moment, honestly. But, um, no, they were actually celebrating to send David Luis off uh, a farewell, which I actually thought was even more surprising. But actually. No, I, I can see how they did that, you know, celebrating that a crap player is actually gone because he was nothing but crap for them. You know, coming on as a substitute just to get a red card and give away a penalty. But, yeah, you know, Uh, so they were, they were scampering the pitch afterwards looking for the Tooth. Uh, Aston Villa 2, Chelsea 1. Uh, this must have been heartbreak for Leicester fans to see because they just knew that if they just won their game at Tottenham and just held on, uh, I think even for a draw, they would have had Champions League football. But Aston Villa, again, show you just what a good season they've had with Bertrand Traore in the 43rd minute, El Garzi in the 52nd minute, and Bill well, scoring for Chelsea in the 70th minute, closed the game as long along with uh, Aspilicueta, Red card in the 89th minute. It was a dominant game by Chelsea, but just a classic Brexit appearance uh, performance for Aston Villa. Jack Grealish back from injury. That's interesting. And Danny, uh, is his name, Emiliano Martinez having another great game. Moving on. Uh, we had Man City, the champions play Everton and they won 5-0 with De Bruyne in the 11th minute Jesus in the 14th minute Phil Foden in the 53rd minute and Sergio Aguero for the last time in the Premier League the last time for Manchester City getting a double the 71st and the 76th minute what a send-off for him and they actually gave him uniquely a god of honour like I wouldn't say God of Honour, but, you know, something along the lines. Actually, it was the same in the Liverpool game, uh, which I'll cover in a minute. Uh, they actually gave Gini Wijnaldum the same because he's leaving and it's looking like he's going to Barcelona as well. But, yeah, uh, another dominant game by Man City, just proving why they are champions. And it will be sad to see Sergio Aguero go, go. Uh, I'm sour as a Manchester United fan as uh, he broke the uh, record for the most goals with one club which was previously held by Wayne Rooney and he broke it by one goal. So that's a bit sad to see. Uh, Finally we saw Liverpool win 2-0 at home against Crystal Palace with the Sadio Mane double and I tell you what I'll cover it in a bit but Liverpool have just impressed me this season. They really have. And that just solidified their spot into the Champions League. No problem with Mane actually showing up for once. So, yeah, it was a very juicy weekend. Uh, Just excuse me. I'm going to drink some more water. My throat's really dry. But, yeah. Now, in, in this part of the episode... I'm going to be looking at my predicted Premier League table that I made in the preseason and I'm going to be uh, comparing it to the table, this uh, like the finish table. And we're going to be seeing, uh, I'll be giving myself a point for every position that I got correct. And, yeah, we'll go from top to bottom and just see by how many... Actually, I'll just see by how many places I was wrong. I'll get minus points and plus points if I was correct. And, yeah, stuff like that. Right. So, I predicted Chelsea to win the Premier League. With the sign of Havertz and Werner, I just thought, Antiago Silva... I thought that they would blow the Premier League out of the water, especially since though City didn't make that many signings. But it didn't end up that way, and Chelsea actually finished fourth. So that's minus four for me. For every correct position, I'll get a plus 10. And for every wrong position, I'll just get minus of where they actually were. Actually, uh, is that minus 4 or is that minus 3? i just do it in minus 4. Uh, second, I predicted Man City. Uh, so, I mean, that's... that's. Um, I was close on that one but not close enough, so that's a minus. Actually, I'll do the Chelsea minus 3, the City minus 1, and we'll work like that. In third, I predicted Liverpool which is exactly where they finished. Um, so I'll give myself a plus 10. Fourth, I predicted Man United. They finished second, so that's a minus 2. Fifth, I predicted Spurs. They finished seventh, so that's another minus 2. In sixth, I did predict Leicester. They finished fifth, so that's a minus one for me. In seventh I predicted Everton. Now they finished in tenth, so that's a minus three. Um where am I? In Did I just say seventh before? Yep. Did I? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, in eighth I predicted Arsenal. They finished eighth, so that's a another plus ten. In 9th, I predicted Wolves. They finished 13th, so that's a minus (coughs) 4. In 10th, I predicted Brighton. They finished 16th, so that's a minus 6. In 11th, I predicted Southampton. Uh, they finished 15th so that's another uh, sorry my maths is really bad 4 in 12th I predicted Sheffield United they finished last so that's a minus 8 in 13th I predicted Leeds who finished ninth. so that's another minus 4 oh there we go there's a bit of an error there actually Um, on the Premier League table that I'm looking at on my screen right now uh, Crystal Palace and Wolves both finished 13th apparently so we'll do Wolves Uh, Oh, Wolves actually got more points so Crystal Palace finished 14th so that's a minus Uh, anyway that doesn't actually matter does it uh where was I? I was on Leeds and I predicted that they finished 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 and they finished 9 so that is uh that is a minus 4 Uh in 14th I predicted West Ham who finished 6th. So that's a minus 8. In 15th, I predicted Aston Villa, who finished 11th. So that's a minus 4. In 16th, I predicted Burnley, who finished 17th. So that's only a minus 1. In 18th, I predicted Christ. Oh! I'm gone. I'm one off here. Sorry, lads. Jeez, this is actually hard. Uh, one, two, three, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, Fifteen. Right. So in sixteenth, I predicted Burnley to finish seventeenth. Yeah, in seventeenth, I predict. I predicted. Uh, Crystal Palace who finished 13th, so that's a minus 4. In 18th, I predicted Newcastle, who actually finished 12th, believe it or not. And I, I really thought that uh, later on into the season that they were going to get relegated, so that is a minus 6 for me. In 19th, I predicted Fulham, who finished 18th. 18th so that's a minus 1 and in 20th I predicted West Brom and they finished 19th so that's a minus 1 so in total uh, I went negative I can't even tell you how much negative I went I'll just calculate it now quickly actually I don't have a calculator on me Um, but, yep. Yeah. My predictions were awful, but I think that they were justified, and it was just a very, very, very strange Premier League season. I'll just go over through the final table, and then we'll go into uh, who I think are the best players and stuff like that of the season. So the table actually finished uh, from top to bottom Man City as champions. Man United, Liverpool and Chelsea all, the, uh, all get in Champions League football. Leicester City and West Ham get in Europa League football. Tottenham get in their Conference League football. And then Arsenal, Leeds, Everton, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Wolves, Southampton, Brighton, Burnley and your bottom three, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. It was a bad season for them but it actually wasn't as bad as it was predicted to be given that the given their form at the beginning of the season. I'm um, just looking at my itinerary here and now we have the best team award that I'm giving for this season. I think you can all guess it by now. It has to be Manchester City, the champions. They played 38 games, they won 27, they drew 5, they lost 6, they scored 83 goals, they conceded 32 goals, the goal difference was 51, which is miles better than anyone else in the Premier League, and they finished with 86 points, 15 points clear of second place Manchester United. Overall, an absolute Great season for them. The worst team <clears throat> Um They'll have to go to Sheffield United. After such a promising season last season, I thought that they could have at least stayed up, but unfortunately for them they were eight points no sorry they were nineteen points off staying up and yeah, they finished dead last. They actually finished with 23 points, so they were 16 points off. But, yeah, not a, not a good season for them. But And Wilder leaving halfway through didn't help, but who knows? Hopefully they go down to the championship, restructure a little bit, keep some of their players, and then come back up. But, yeah, not a good season for them. Um, the team that I was most impressed by... Most of you would be shocked about this, but I have chosen Liverpool. Just just purely based off uh, what they managed to do this season in regards they had so many injuries, so many key players out for so long and they still managed to get third in the Premier League on what a football fan and especially a Liverpool fan would tell you was a bad season. Just makes you think if they had everyone fit. For the whole season. Could they have won a successive Premier League title. Jürgen Klopp actually said that. If City had the injuries that Liverpool had. That City wouldn't have won the title. So that's an interesting. Interesting bit of. Bit of. Inf- uh, bit of. What did you say? Prediction. But. I I felt with Liverpool fans because, you know, I'm not comparing Maguire to Van Dyke, but in terms of importance for the team, it's the same thing. Van Dyke is as important to to Liverpool as Maguire is to Manchester United. And just for the three or two Premier League games that Manchester United have had without Harry Maguire, we really haven't been as good. We've been looking shaky at the back. And, you know, just to go a whole season without that presence in your team Especially your captain as well, Henderson was out the whole season as well you know, it, it, it just takes courage and character to be able to still finish third in the Premier League and not even third, only a few points off second um, only a few points off for Manchester United who have, you know had a good season and have gone unbeaten unbeaten away from home all season but yeah uh, the team that i feel like have most improved i'm giving that award to west ham of course they could they did so well to stay where they were and they get a europa league spot to count for it as well it was um a very good season for them and to say that they were where did they finish last season? To say that they finished sixteenth last season is is just a a remarkable thing to to see. Really, I think it's it's it is really awesome that they've managed to do that. Uh, moving on to players, my player awards. I'm giving the player of the season to Harry Kane. Harry Kane was insane this season with twenty three goals and fourteen assists, picking up the playmaker award of the season and the golden boot now it's going to be very interesting this summer isn't it now that it's it's known that he wants to leave spurs he's made it known that he wants to leave spurs uh it's looking likely that he will probably go to manchester city but the likes of manchester united and chelsea are in those discussions to be honest i can't really see chelsea going for him especially with uh timo Werner signed because i think he'll do good Um, I think it's between Manchester United and Manchester City. I think Manchester City City can throw the money at him. I feel like he'll want to go to Manchester City because of of the trophies that he'll win. But I think Manchester United still have a shot because I think it suits his playing style more. And, of course, to be able to um, be at the club with Cavani as well to learn from, to learn even more from. And to be coached by Schultzgar, you know, a striker, I think it will really suit Harry Kane. But only time will tell. Right, moving on to my next uh, player reward. I'm giving that, I'm giving the best signing of the season. I'm giving it to Ruben Diaz, the centre back from Manchester City. What a season he has, he cost City. 65 million pounds, and he had 15 clean sheets, 21 goals conceded, uh, 24 tackles, 54 uh, tackle success rate, 54 uh, percent. Uh, he had 35 interceptions, 90 clearances, 49 headed clearances, 135 recoveries, and 111 duels won, and boosted Manchester, Manchester City's defence as well as really helping John Stones out and finding his form so an overall great signing for Manchester City my most improved player of the season I'm giving that to Ian Iheanacho of Leicester City he's just exploded this season into a different animal uh, last season he had five goals and three assists in the Premier League and this season he had 12 goals and two assists uh, he really 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 uh, showed up in the big moments when Leicester needed him. Uh, overall, very very good season for Iannato, and hopefully he can replicate it in the seasons to come. Uh, the player that I was most impressed by and surprised by was Jesse Lingard. After he moved, uh, he joined West Ham on loan in January. I think he surprised all football fans in the Premier League. So I'm calling him Jesse Messi. Some calling him Lionel Lingard. Some calling him Lingardinho. You know, whatever you want to call him. Fantastic, fantastic season from him uh, at West Ham. Nine goals for assists and a pivotal part of why West Ham finished so successfully in the season. Um, I feel like the best move for his career would be moving back to West Ham or a club similar. I feel like Manchester United will do that. I, I, I hope for Lingard's sake... Uh, Manchester, I can't see him personally going getting in, uh, to play for Manchester United, especially with the young talent coming through that we saw against Wolves. So, yeah, I I think we'll see him in a West Ham shirt permanently. He feels like he's fitting in there. Uh, my final player award is Young Player of the Season, and you know this is a debate we've had throughout the podcast this season. But it has to go to Phil Foden of Manchester City. What a season this kid has got. And in fact, he's had such a good season. People are saying that he should be into the Haaland-Mbappe discussion. And um, I don't entirely agree with that. But I feel like he's definitely shown what he's made of this season. Uh, With nine goals and five assists, he was well clear of any other youngster. And, you know, he might even go into other people's team of the seasons, the Premier League team of the seasons. And I, I feel like he'll be a full-on starter for Manchester City next season. Uh, to close off the episode, I want to go through what I have chosen as my team of the season. And, yeah, my Premier League team of the season. So I've gone for Mendy of Ch- uh, the Chelsea keeper, In goal, fantastic season. One of the reasons why Chelsea had as many clean sheets as they did. And then I've gone for Souffaut, the West Ham right-back, Ruben Diaz, Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw, who, by the way, uh, was immense for Manchester United this season. And I just really hope it wasn't a one-off and that he can replicate it again. Maguire as well, he played very well for Manchester United this season. Uh, In midfield, I've gone for Gundogan. Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes going to win. He had a break. Well, I wouldn't say a breakout season because we've known for him to be this good for Dormund and stuff, but really his premier league breakout, he's had his best season in a Manchester city shirt this season. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, because come on, it's, it's Kevin De Bruyne. Come on. And Bruno Fernandes, because you know, he's scored the most goals, uh, from midfield. Um, this season, he scored an insane amount of goals in the Premier League. I think he scored about uh, sixteen or seventeen goals, maybe even eighteen. But yep, yeah. and then for my front three, I've gone for Salah, Kane, and Mason Mount. Mason Mount was just terrific this season for Chelsea. He really was uh, probably Chelsea's Player of the Year. Uh, probably i'd go as far to say as you know one of the best english talents in the premier league Uh, i feel like he's just clear of Grealish and madison if not the same level but you know the attacking midfield position for england now is really tough because of the fact that they've got you know Grealish, madison kane foden all in the same position all fighting for it it is going to be a great euros for england i reckon uh, Salah and Kane, you know they were fighting until the last game of the season for the Golden Boot, but it was Kane who ultimately came out on top. But yeah, guys, that's enough for me. That's enough for the foots, bants, and everything in between episode, uh, episode, podcast. And yeah, I hope you guys have really enjoyed it. I'm going to miss you guys over summer, but we'll be back in August Uh, strong for the next season and the good news is for you guys that we'll have a whole season of episodes and not just from midway so yep that's enough for me mark starwin and hope you guys have enjoyed thanks for listening adios